Oh, go out and bet your money on a natural thing. Man, I'll do it every time. Hey, Lincoln, how you doing? Welcome to How's It Growing, your weekly gardening connection, only here at KZUM. Lincoln, hi, I'm Bob Henriksen. I am with the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum, planting Nebraska each and every day. Great gardening info at plantnebraska.org. Welcome to the program every Wednesday, 11 till noon, right here on your favorite radio station, KZUM. Lincoln, thanks for tuning in today. Pretty nice day. Man, still in the, uh, they're calling for a high of 92, kind of breezy, 25-mile-an-hour wind. But, boy, what a what a great rain last week, huh? We had two inches in my gauge. I don't, I don't remember the last time we had two inches in our gauge. That's probably months, right? Ah, so hopefully you had a good rain. Uh, out of that deal and you didn't get bypassed. I don't know. It was pretty widespread in the Lincoln area anyway. And so you're probably looking at a good rain enough to germinate weeds, right? And maybe get you a little jump in your step to get out there and do some fall planting. And uh, I have a guest calling in here in a, in a little bit. Um, that is Heather Byers with Great Plains Nursery. We're going to be talking about fall planting for trees, shrubs, whatever. And, uh, you know, speaking of fall planting... Um, planted some arugula and lettuce seed last week. I think it was last Thursday. And the arugula was germinating in two days. I couldn't believe it. And the lettuce seed pretty much the next day. So really uh, three to four days the lettuce seed was germinating. Just watered them this morning, gave them a little little drinky poo, but the arugula's all up and probably pushing almost a half inch high already in less than a week. So that's the benefit of uh, doing a fall sowing with gardening. Now, in my opinion, I'm a little late. I would have rather had it in, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, but life gets in the way, right? <laughs> We're all busy. So what are we sitting at today? The 13th of September for the love of Pete? No, the 14th already. And so, yeah, I would have, I would have preferred getting it in around September 1. Uh, so, well, one week later anyway. But nonetheless, with the soil temperature being so warm here in the late summer, it's different than in the spring. If you're sowing arugula or lettuce seed or, you know, kale uh, radishes, a cool season crop like that, the soil temperature is still very cool in the spring. Now, mind you, it's cool enough, not too cool, to where your seeds aren't going to germinate, but they're not going to germinate as readily as they would with warm soil in the fall. So that benefit is, man, uh, I, I swear lettuce seed in the spring takes uh, about a week to germinate, maybe even a little more. And, uh, and now in the fall two to three days, you know, and the longest it's been is five days. And why does it take so long? Well, because you missed a watering. So when I sow lettuce seed, arugula, any little tiny seed like that, I'm giving it a daily little spritzer, right? And if not, twice a day. And I'm not talking setting up a sprinkler and letting it sprinkler run for 20 minutes. I'm talking about just a quick little, with a watering wand or whatever, just a quick little dampening of the soil because I'm trying to keep that seed base moist so it germinates readily. And of course, once they germinate, you got to keep those little seedlings watered. So a little water every day um, and good, well-drained soil, you are fat and happy. So looking forward to giving you a prognosis as that lettuce and arugula grows. Will I get a sizable plant to cut by the time winter rears its ugly head? We shall see. Okay, winter, I don't want to call you ugly, but hey, come on, man. Sometimes you are. All right, folks. Hey. We are in the midst of our fall pledge drive. Our fall fun drive is a fun time of year. Uh, September is a busy month. Well, KZUM, we're busy down here raising funds. The last fun drive of the year. We promise we won't be asking you for more money. 
until next year, 2023. Did I just say that? So I'm asking you to call up uh, and pledge your support to KZUM. Amantha, our news director, is out patiently waiting for your call. Keep her busy. Keep her hopping. I'm always looking for numbers of callers rather than dollar amount. We'll get to the dollar amount later. But if I can get 10 of you to call in, one at a time, well, no, all 10. Clog the lines, man. Get Amantha going. <laughs> anyway, uh, $120 level. And supporting KZUM with a $120 pledge is a cool thing because it's easy to break down. 120 bucks. come on, man. That's 10 bucks a month. That's $2.50 per How's It Growing episode. Now, maybe you download some podcasts. Maybe you, you, know, you pay for certain education. Well, KZUM, we need your money to keep this beautiful radio station going, you see. And if I can look at it and break it down for you, if you're hopefully a regular listener to How's It Growing, hopefully you enjoy the show. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. But I want to know, is it worth $2.50 every week I come in? Is it worth $2.50 for you <laughs> to pledge your support? Because I know 120 bucks sounds like a lot, but that's spread out throughout the year. I want you to think about it for every episode every year, $2.50. How much are you going to spend on a bag of little little bag of chips, right? How much are you going to spend on that cup of coffee you got this morning, maybe from the quick shop or whatever, right? Or maybe you got it from a coffee shop and you paid twice that $2.50, right? So if coffee is worth it to you, uh, well, maybe how's it growing is worth to you $2.50. Now, I'll throw a little loop in it for you, you know, people, uh... If you donate at the 89.3 level, right here, right now, 474-5086, if you donate the 89.30 level, I have a $25 gift card available to you to Open Harvest. So, great supporter of KZUM, Open Harvest, has been a long-time underwriter and indeed underwrites How's It Growing. So, that's as commercial as we get here at KZUM. We are commercial-free radio. You can listen to this show and not listen to an advertisement on buy this fertilizer or buy this pesticide or insecticide. Spend your money. What we're all about here on How's It Growing is the celebration of gardening and to get you out in the garden, utilize that property you call yours and grow something good and uh, and learn. So that's what How's It Growing all about. Love that you tune in week in and week out. Love it even more if you like the show. And I would love it greatly if you called in and donated to KZUM 474-5086. And Amantha will help you out. And uh, it's quick and painless. Or you can definitely donate online. And so if you're at work, maybe uh, listening in, maybe you're eating some lunch or a little snack before lunch because you're starving, Marvin. Take a little time. Go to the KZUM.org and donate there. Secure uh, website and easy to donate, uh, quick, um, I mean, a minute or two. And uh, you'll be smiling with a little bounce in your step knowing you helped this great radio station. We can't do it without you, folks. We are sitting at 17,734 as of 9 a.m. And our goal is 40K. And it's two days away from being the end. So don't count on others to, uh, to bring it to KZUM, you can help as well. Now, I asked for 120 bucks a month, $2.50 per episode, but any little bit will do. 
in a perfect world, I'd get a hundred people calling in, everybody pledging five bucks because it's a it's a numbers game, right? But man, oh man, I can't do without you. Can't do without your support. Four seven four five zero eight six. I would love to hear from you. It's been kind of a slow pledge drive. You know, also, if you do support at that $120 level, you get a, 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 a choice of a bandana or the cool KZUM socks or a KZUM tote. All three of those things are really sweet. Personally, I like the socks. I'm waiting for them to come out with KZUM underwear. That's maybe next time. <laughs> we shall see. No, but anyway, uh, at that $120 level, you get, um, I mean, just a great thing there. And, of course, more importantly, the satisfaction of knowing that you are supporting this great radio station. I think also those premiums at the $120 level is you get a new T-shirt and mug and coffee from the mill as well. But I'm always in the mood for a $60 pledge. A $60 pledge is a great way to, for you to support the station, and it doesn't hurt so much. And, again, you can spread this out, have KZUM take out 5 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, whatever. So it's spread out throughout the year, so it doesn't even, it's not even noticed, kind of like that coffee you get every morning, right? You don't really notice it, but it does kind of hurt, especially if you're going to a coffee house every time and you're spending seven bucks a pop, depending on what you get, right? <clears throat> the frappet Pappuccino or whatever. <laughs> no, but anyway, uh, man, again, it just love to hear from you today. It lets me know that How's It Growing is worth having on the air. I hope you think it is as well. And, uh, yeah, again, we can't do without you. So 474-5086 is the number to call. Kind of waiting to see if Heather Byers uh, calls in uh, to the show. And uh, we can chat with her about her nursery. Uh, her and her husband, Brian Byers, own Great Plains Nursery. And uh, they're located, oh, just north of Lincoln. And, uh, oh, gosh, probably, uh, oh, it's a crow flies seven miles north of Valparaiso. So pretty cool thing, people, and excited to talk to Heather about that. I have a caller online. Hello, who am I speaking with? Um, Francine. Oh, hi, say, hey, Francine. I'm sorry, were you calling to pledge or were you, or were you uh, uh, looking for a question on how's it growing? <laughs> oh, I thought this was a music uh, segment, but... Um I'm, if you can play, I lost my companion. <laughs> well, actually, you know, you're right. This is not the music portion. This is like a talk. I know. Yeah, sorry. This is like a talk show. So I, I'm probably not going to play that for you, kid. <laughs> At least during this hour. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah, I hear myself on the radio. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Well, we would really love it if you'd call in and pledge your support to KZM now that I have you. I'm going to put you on the spot. But yeah. Um, yeah well, anyway, <laughs> um, since you can't help me play that music, I will um, still play it at 120. Oh. Uh, I would put it on my card. I don't know who to talk to, but. Yeah, I would say. Not just paycheck, but yeah. paycheck. Well, let's do it this way. You just call back. You hang up and call back, and then uh, Amantha will take your pledge over the phone. She's on the phone with somebody right now, and so so be patient. It'll ring for a while until she can get to you. And okay. uh, she's trying to mouse something to me as we speak. What's that? Oh, Heather's on line one. Okay, well, I got my caller on line one, so I'm not sure how to transfer you, so I'm going to just let you hang up I and call. call back. Yeah, yeah, just call back, and then Amantha will help you. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. 
All right, good stuff. We already got a $120 pledge. Yay! That's cool. So keep it coming, folks. 474-5086. I'd love to hear from you. And is this Heather on the line? Hi, Bob. Hi, Heather. How you doing? Good. Doing great. How's it going there? Not too bad. I was... You know, before you called in, I was telling people a little bit about your operation, Great Plains Nursery, uh, extraordinaire. And uh, gosh, Heather, it's just exciting to have you back on the show. I know September is an incredibly busy month. Would you say in the nursery industry, or, or certainly with your job with Great Plains Nursery, is, is September like number one or number two or number three as far as busiest months of the year? What would you say? <laughs> Probably falls in number two or three. Right. October's usually our busiest. Oh, As no we kidding. hit late September, it really, really picks up. And, and it's busy right now, but it's it's this up climb. You can feel it climbing up as it gets busy because September's still warm. Yes. You know, it's, we're supposed to have 90s again over the, like, mid-90s over the weekend. So we're kind of in this waiting game of, uh, you know, good uh, 60s and 70s to be prime planting season. So yeah, no for doubt. us, it's kind of... October, September, April. Isn't that something? Yeah, and uh, go figure, you know. And that's one of the reasons uh, I have you on in September is to, I don't want to say it's a myth, but dispel the notion that, oh, I didn't realize uh, fall is a good time for planting. Really? How can that be? Winter is about to hit. How the, You know, I, I feel like if I plant a tree in October, it's going to be dead by spring versus why not plant in April? What would you tell to somebody saying that to you? Oh, this is the best time to plant. So if you think about the way plants work, right now, all their energy is being directed down into their roots. So what's great about that is we're utilizing that naturally to where they can root in so much better by being planted right now. And they're not trying to balance new shoots of new top growth with rooting in, you know, as in in the springtime when we're transplanting them. When we plant in the spring, we try to plant before they start before they break bud Mm -hmm. so that we're not sending them into that shock of brand new tender new shoots while also rooting in so with a fall planting and it's cooler temperatures um there's usually adequate ground moisture though it's a little challenging this year um but it's it's just prime rooting and like i said they're sending everything down um as long as the ground's not frozen they continue to grow underground so you can have rooting, new root growth, um, all the way through December sometimes when we have a nice mild uh, start to winter. And then you're just that much kind of that leg up come springtime when all those winds start and, um, you know, we kind of get some crazy weather in the in yeah. the spring and in early summer. Um, they're just that much better off and ready to go for that next growing season. Yeah, no doubt. Gives them, gives them a great head start and... Yeah, and, you know, think about it. It's like uh, some years people, in a, depending, of, of course, Heather's out digging in the ground. Not everybody's going outside their house checking to see if the soil's frozen in December. But we have some pretty mild falls where, I mean, I was talking to Heather before he came on. I sowed some arugula seed last Thursday, and by Saturday Ooh. it was germinating. Two days later, I couldn't believe it. was like, what a trip. <laughs> and that's because the soil temp is so warm, right? So yep. e- even though uh, the air might cool, and of course we're not going to talk about that yet with mid-90s bleh, staring us in the face. Uh, but, yeah, obviously with those days in a normal year, I don't even know what the normal high is right now. I'm so confused with this 90s stuff that just won't go away. 
I would assume our normal high right now is what, 82, something like that? Who knows? Um, but it's supposed to be better than this, people. But anyway, that soil temp, even though the, the air temperature is getting chilly, it takes many more days for that soil temp to kind of match the air temperature. So even though it might be a 45 degree drizzly day you're planting, uh, the soil temp might still be what? 60, 65 degrees, right? So it stays warmer mm-hmm. much longer. You know, one thing, Heather, I, you know, I remember Justin telling me this because I didn't really think of it that way. When we're transplanting in the spring, everybody said, well, when's a good time? Well, before they break bud. Well, what does that mean? Well, like late winter, early spring, uh, March. Well, shoot, we can have 12-inch snowstorm in March, right? That's going to keep you from mm-hmm. getting that done. But if correct me if I'm wrong, I think... The, the, the most root growth on a tree, whether it be an established tree, a tree trying to get established, or a newly planted tree, a lot of that new root growth takes place in the late winter, early spring, right? When the soil temperature is Absolutely. warming up. And, and so you're, you're taking advantage of that time period, too, by planting in the fall. So when spring rolls around, you get fall root growth as well as late winter, early spring root growth. Here comes... Here comes spring, right? And let's say it's average moisture. You're not going to be a slave to watering that tree nearly as much as you would have been planting it in the spring. Mm-hmm. So you Absolutely. can so you can save a lot of water that way, right? And uh, boy, do we need to be doing that? Well, mm-hmm. yeah. So so tell us a little bit about uh, always in case folks haven't uh, heard you on the show before because uh, you come back at least annually and um, tell us a little bit about Great Plains Nursery and. Uh, Maybe give a shout out. Now, Brian texted me this morning. Brian's Heather's husband, folks. And Brian's on the road right now. It sounds like he was delivering trees all the way out in Cheyenne. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. You guys don't mess around. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's gearing up. Yep, so we're doing a lot of our deliveries here this week and next week and um and through the month of September. So yep, he's on the road a lot right now. No doubt, no doubt. Well Brian, if you if you were able to tune in, how you doing? Uh, Keep your eyes on that road. Anyway, uh, yeah, you've got a great crew there uh, with Great Plains Nursery. I'm looking at your all your faces online here. What have you got now? Seven employees, right? Uh, yep, full-time, yep. And then our summer crew comes on. We get up to about, I don't know, 15 or 17. That's but, awesome. Um, yeah, our our team is just a whole bunch of tree lovers. I mean, it's just it's a stellar team, and everybody just loves working with trees and loves talking trees. So um, we love having visitors, and um, they'll just they'll talk your ear off talking trees. Ah, that's great. That's great. Well, and speaking of that, Heather, you mentioned we love having visitors. Now, you are a wholesale nursery, but you do offer retail sales. Is that correct? And if so, how do you do that? We do. Yep. We're open um, 8 to 430. Um, in our early years of our business, we, we just focused on being a grower and, uh, and wholesale sales. We've had a lot of uptick in interest in native trees in the last probably five years now. Mm, mm. Um, So we have open to the public. We're not in ideal situation or location. Um, You know, we're on a farm, so it's on gravel. So it's not a garden center feel. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely going to the farm um, (laughs) and it's a growing operation. So um, oftentimes, you know, we'll accompany you out there. Um, we'll help you pick the tree out or we have people that call and pre-order and then we just pull those orders and, and have them ready for them. But, um, but we, we love the encouragement of, um, so many homeowners and landowners being interested in native trees and, and the, 
benefits of native trees and the habitat and all those good things. Like people are just so excited about this and making a difference for their property. Um, so we want to encourage that rather than hasten it. And um, so we love having visitors and we've geared ourselves up and built our team so that we could um, work towards that and being able to really encourage more native plantings. Yeah, that is really cool. And, uh, you know, going way back, at, you started your business in 2008. And I remember you were a student came came into my office and you were doing a business plan for probably Dave Lamb's class, uh, Horticultural yep. Entrepreneurship. And, <laughs> and, and you come in and, and I'm like going, oh, my gosh, a student's actually talking about starting a business that specializes in native plants. How cool is that? And then, of course, I have to admit, Heather, I thought, well, great idea, but we'll see if it works. So congratulations on how far you've come <laughs> and what you've done. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it takes some effort. And, uh, you know, it's easier said than done. And to say this is what we want to do and now doing it is just a huge thing. So tell the listeners, like, when, when you say native trees and stuff, you guys don't just order in liners or somebody, some other grower that grew this plant. And, well, you are, in some cases, you have to do that to get certain products, right, because seed wasn't available or whatever. Well, but, and we get that from you. At, well, at, yeah. You know, NSA provides some awesome native liners that we, yeah, we can't get some of that seed and... Um, and yeah, you grow great liners. Yeah. And so that's one source, but the, but you also are able to, you know, like say for example, you know, Heather can't just go down the street and collect seed from a sassafras or a spice bush or something Mm -hmm. like that. That's what I was thinking of Heather, where, where you're like going, okay, but you've got sources because we think of trees, people, native trees as a regional thing, you know, um, I'm sorry, but Marysville, Missouri and Marysville, Kansas are much closer to Lincoln than North Platte will ever be. So um, Mm -hmm. I consider that uh, more native than North Platte will ever be to Lincoln area, folks. And so think of it as a regional sense. And there's lots of species uh, just, just outside of Nebraska that are, you know, a county or two away that we need to be planting in our landscapes. And, and I know I was just tickled to see, uh, w- well, whenever I look at your plant list, it's, it's an impressive array of native trees and shrubs. You know, we don't want to leave those out. You mm-hmm. guys grow a wide variety of shrubs as well. And what would you say, Heather, with your trees? Um, you know, I know you guys do a lot of growing and oaks is kind of what you hang your hat on. What oak would you say, or tree in particular, are you most proud of being able to say, we carry this? Because quite frankly, you can go to a lot of garden centers or nurseries. And if you say native tree, typically they're going to take you to some selection, you know, like, uh, oh, well, red maple's native. Well, yeah, but, but, oh, and it's a cultivar. That means it's grafted. So it's a clone of one tree. So you guys kind of specialize in diversity where you're like doing it from seed, but do those trees kind of turn out where everybody's different from each other? Or do you see a lot of, you know, similarity, continuity in those seed blocks that you grow? Oh, everybody's different. And I I love that part of it. So we're getting genetic diversity, not just species diversity. I love the genetic diversity. And and that's part of the fun of seed collecting. So we've been out seed collecting in this last about 10 days. We've been hitting it hard. And it's even off the same tree, the acorn difference that we'll see. Um, It's just so interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I find it fascinating. And to watch them grow and develop and 
you know, fall color will might be a little bit different. And there's some trees that are consistent, like um, swamp white oak, mm-hmm. very consistent um, for shape, for color. Um, but then you get into things like bur oaks, um, even, you know, dwarf chinkapin. I love dwarf chinkapin, but I love how different they are. Tons of form, you know, different form. Some want to be single stem, some want to be shrubby. And we try not to impart our opinion on that of, nope, uh-huh. I want you to be single stem. Yeah, we cool. let them be shrubby. And it's it's so interesting. And then we start grading them out and separate them so we know about how many multi-stem or shrubby ones we have versus single stem. Cool. Um, but that's, that's one of my favorite plants. And partly because they set seeds so young. You know, by year three, we'll start seeing acorns on them. Um, that's wild. And that's great for habitat. That's great for, I like them for the kids aspect. Um, because those acorns are right at their level and they're tiny. So they're just so fun where they can go and interact with that plant. And, um, you know, the blue jays love them, so you get lots of activity. Um, so th- those are super fun. But yeah. um, I'm loving the hickories right now. We're uh, really trying to amp up our hickory and pecan um, awesome. trees. Um, so, like, bitternut is really impressing me with the growth I'm seeing in the nursery. And we've yeah. had to adjust a little bit of our watering routine and our um, – potting mix, stuff like that to kind of cater to those hickories to do a little bit better job. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm loving them. I and shag bark's coming on strong. Nice, so, nice. Uh, Good to hear. Particularly bitternut the, and the fall color of bitternut, the orange, right. um, is so showy that it's like, why isn't this out there? Why, Amen. why don't we have these? You're speaking um, my language. I love it, Heather. I love it. Yeah. yeah I hear you. And, uh, you know, you can see one like growing in the landscape and like I, I planted one at home in 2011. It was a little three footer and it's, it's easily 30 feet now. And uh, we're talking nice. what... Uh, uh, 11 years people so they're not slow growing and and I always t- the industry would always be oh they're too slow growing and they've got that tap root so you can't overcome that and what we can talk about I have to take a break here in a bit Heather we can talk about your production method how how you can overcome a tree that typically wasn't planted because it had a tap root uh, so it had a reputation as being slow growing well I'm not seeing that you get it out in the landscape you know, sure, the first year or two, but that's like any tree. It's going to kind of build a root system. And I've seen them grow just as fast as any maple or ash or whatever out there. Um, pretty impressive tree. And, and and when you see them in nature, especially during a drought year, you know, dark green, you know, just healthy as all get out. You know, the drought just kind of shrugs its shoulders at the drought. And uh, the mm-hmm. biggest challenge is seed, right? Getting seed and... Uh, if I have my way, Heather, we're going to be creating some seed block plantings so people like Great Plains and Bessie Nursery don't have to drive all over Timbuktu. We have a block planting <laughs> of of native Nebraska bitternut hickory that was maybe collected from three different populations growing within one area, right? And uh, so then when it's a mast year, we've got bitternut hickory seed coming out of our ears. That's my mm-hmm. goal. We shall see Love if we it. get there. <laughs> oh Well, Heather, I'm going to keep you on the line, and uh, i got to take a break here. And when we come back, let's talk about your production operation, how that works, and uh, why it's important to, to produce trees and paying attention to the roots. All right. All right. Thanks, Heather. All right. You're listening to KZUM Lincoln and How's It Growing right here. Heather Byers from Great Plains Nursery doing our annual September chat 
Hope you're enjoying the show enough to say 474-5086. I don't know if that lady called back and said, I'm pledging 120. I think she blew me off. She said, nope, dude, now that I'm now that I'm hanging up, I'm not calling back. But I would love for you to call. You can score a gift card for 25 bucks at the $89.30 level, KZUM's call numbers. Of course, if you pledge at the $120 level, 10 bucks and up, $2.50 per episode of How's It Growing, uh, we will mail you the gift card and to the Open Harvest. That's a $25 gift card. So 474-5086. I'd love to hear from you. Amantha's out there patiently waiting for your call. 474-5086. Please call and pleasure support to KZUM now. I'll be right back right after this break. Oh, a little Tom Rigney to bring you to the last part of How's It Growing. How's it growing with you? I hope it's growing just fine. Hey, we got a pledge update from Pledge Central. Angie, thank you so much for pledging your support to KZUM. Good to hear from you, Angie. Thank you so much. All right, $120 level, man, people. Bring it, keep it coming. 474-5086, I'd love to hear from you. And I don't know if Angie's going to claim that gift card. We got a $25 gift card from Open Harvest at the 8930 level or above. And I'm looking to raise oh, about $400 in the next 20 minutes. You can help me get there. 474-5086, be call, call with your pledge of support. And Heather, do I still have you on the line? You did. All yeah. right. Sorry to keep you holding there. We have uh, a little longer break than we used to. We do one break rather than two, and so it kind of shoves everything at the end there. And if, I don't know if you're able to listen while you're on the phone, but there's just a lot of music happening in Lincoln. So that whole announcement of this week in Lincoln is like, wow, lots of stuff going on. Speaking of music, I'm going to be in Kansas tomorrow, Heather. I don't know if you've ever heard of a little town called Winfield, Kansas. We're going to yeah. Win- what are you doing down there? We're going to Winfield. Winfield is, uh, and if there's a listener out there going to Winfield, you're like going, yeah, we are too. Well, it's a big music festival called Walnut Valley Festival down at Winfield. It's a 50 year anniversary this year, so basically flat picker competition, bluegrass, folk music, roots music, that type of thing. I don't know how many bands, but I would swear there's going to be, oh, uh, maybe 80 bands and probably, you know double that for the number of musicians what i'm told is they have four stages they have four stages but the campgrounds uh people just kind of have jam sessions at the campgrounds too so you're we're basically going to be swimming in music for the next three days so we're going to have a lot of fun with that and me being a tree nerd i can guarantee i'll be driving pat nuts on the way down going look at that tree and she'll be saying i don't care (laughs) and i'll be looking for acorns too you can bet that you can bet that. So anyway. Well, <laughs> That's a joke in our household. Every time we see a sycamore, my kids are always like, oh, mom, the sycamore. Because I just love a good sycamore. Right, right. Look at that one. Yeah, no doubt. And there's some good sycamores in Lincoln. And sometimes they'll sneak up on you. Yeah, that reminds me, we were in Nebraska City doing this little, oh, there was like a f- being extras in a film. And we never did do it because shoot they didn't start filming it was 11 at night and uh, we're like you know no we're not going to do this because it would have been probably 2 a.m before they actually did the filming so we're waiting out in the dark and of course i'm noticing a tree a block away (laughs) to go look at what it was because it was pitch black out it was a sycamore of course well we love sycamores and we love the great plains nursery has sycamores available for us as consumers because heather before you guys started you couldn't find a sycamore in the trade. And if you could find a sycamore in the trade, it was one called Bloodgood. And Bloodgood 
Well, let's put it this way. I remember planting 10 of them and then one by one, all 10 dying. And I was like, so it gave me a bad taste in my mouth for, for any sycamore, right? And I'm like, I see big sycamores around Lincoln, but I don't see 15 footers. I don't see 20 footers. You know, I don't see a new generation of sycamores coming. And people weren't planting them for various reasons. Uh, but my, oh my, what an awesome tree. And thank you, Great Plains Nursery, for putting it uh, in your priority list of, of, of trees to make available for the consumer. So it's just really huge. And, you know, we could talk about the benefits of native trees, Heather, and whatnot, but I want you to spend a little time talking about uh, Great Plains Nurseries, kind of your mantra, your, your business approach um, to producing a high-quality a high tree. Anybody can say you produce a high-quality tree, but because most of us humans are looking at trees from the ground up, but Great Plains Nursery likes paying attention to the trees from the ground down, right? Uh, the root system. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys do that you would say kind of sets you apart from either other growers or certainly a growers in Nebraska? Right. So um, so we use a modified growing system. It's called the Rootmaker system. So it goes, um, it was developed by Dr. Whitcomb down in uh, Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma. It's got 50 years of research. So that's why I like this system. So to back up on the reason why we chose this system um, is we wanted to produce oaks. That was our main thing. Oaks weren't widely available in the trade because they were considered slow or they died or just they were tough to grow because of that taproot. Mm -hmm. And we knew that oaks were a, um, a keystone species, species that we needed to have in our environment, um, that we needed to be planting in our communities for, uh, you know, larval hosts um, and then, you know, hosts for the birds, like just millions of benefits on those oaks. So we need to figure out a better way to grow oaks so that we could provide them. Um, so that's how we came across the system. So the way that it works, um, like, and it's all patented, all research-based, um, he was looking, uh, he uses air to prune a root system. So you can, um, okay. So the best thing about a root system is, is the tips. The more root tips that you have, that's where water and nutrients are absorbed into the tree, mm -hmm. not in those big woody, woody roots that, that you see sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's actually all about the root tips. And so the more root tips that we can have in a root system, the overall health, the growth rate, all of those things is going to increase um, because of the points of entry, the points of absorption. Mm -hmm. So to get more roots, we needed, we use a, or there is a hormone in the tree called auxin that can generate new roots. So when you um, mechanically prune or you can chemically prune a root system or air prune a root system to then send that hormone backwards and they just start branching like crazy. So one root can suddenly become 20 roots branching off the side of that one root. So to do that, you need a container that provides for that air root pruning. Um, so that's what that root maker system does. Um, so it's specialized containers that um, in the early stages of the plant, at the plug stage, um, and then at those um, smaller sizes will air prune and just get this massive root system. So then you're having a, a better root to shoot ratio. So it's a bigger root system to a smaller top when they're young so that when they do get planted out, they just explode because there are so many root tips and they can generate new roots very quickly so that you don't end up with that transplant shock. Um, they just get rooted in that much faster. So it's a really beautiful system. And then from there, it goes into these um, specialized fabric bags. Um, and the same thing, it's root pruning, but it's not air pruning. It works by constriction. 
So the roots actually tap into the side of the bag and they get constricted. So when you go to rip that bag off, and it is a ripping sound because they were, they're trapped into the, the specialized holes, and that's where the patent is, is mm. on those hole sizes. Okay. Um, it allowed for that same thing, that branching backwards. So it's just this huge, massive, I mean, just greater surface area of a root system. Um, it's really quite beautiful. And then no circling. So the roots are actually coming out at you. So when you tear that bag off, you just start fluffing that root system. There's no slicing, no cutting on a root bound um, root system, it's yeah. just um, ready to go. And you can just put it right in the ground and off it goes. You know, you're, you're right that, uh, how you described it, the roots kind of coming out at you rather than circling. Because when you folks think about it, you take a shrub or a tree out of a pot, you know, and you look at the roots, it's all kind of on the surface and everybody's in a circle. And if you look at the bottom of that pot, that's where you see those white root tips. You don't really see them going on up the pot because it's all circling, right? And just and all the white root tips have said, hey man, I'm going where the oxygen is and that's down there where those four drain holes are in the bottom of this pot. And I'm going down there too because that's where all the moisture is draining to, right? So you take out this tree out of a pot and it had made, that maybe had four drain holes in the bottom and all the roots are kind of massed at the bottom of that pot, right? We've all seen that. But this air pruning method you're talking about, do they put holes just on the bottom? They, they have them like throughout the pot or what? Or how does that work? Right, yep. They're strategically placed all throughout the pot. And there was lots of prototypes. Um, and he you know, selected this one for the way, the best rooting mass that it would have. So mm -hmm. it's, it kind of looks like this stepping, like they're steps going up the side of the pot, yeah. the way that it's shaped. Um, and, and then those holes are strategically placed. So it's guiding the roots to the holes, to the air holes, um, so that you're getting a better, better rooting. So once that roots, uh, growing through the soil and it, and it hit, meets that air as it's directed towards that air, it's, it's almost like the root says, ah, there's no backing out. I don't want to go out there, man. That's air. I can't grow in pure air. And we call and it kind of burns that tip, folks. It's called air embolism. And then what's behind that, the, the tree says, well, uh, the hormones are sent to the root system saying you better grow more. That's what forces the branching to take place behind that root tip, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Too cool. And, and so one question I often get from folks, Heather, so, okay, you take a tree that typically sends a taproot down, a little oak seedling can have a taproot down into the ground a couple, three feet. And so if I'm, if I'm, you know, taking that away from that tree's, uh, um, Oh, establishment, if you will, in nature, and I'm taking it now. I'm taking that acorn and growing in a container, and I'm forcing it to have a bunch of branched roots rather than one single taproot to really kind of go down, if you will. Uh, what do you, what do you say to people when they say, "Well, yeah, but you're taking away that taproot. That can't be good for that tree." What's the long-term prognosis for that tree if it doesn't have a taproot? Do, mm -hmm. do we even and know that's that? A great question. Well, and trees were never meant to be moved. You know, the oaks, why they are so long lived is because they have that tap root and they tap root and they can root down and establish themselves. But here we want to plant them. So that's kind of tricky. So we have to um, almost, we're basically changing that from a tap root system into a fibrous root system, which is similar to like a green ash or the maples. They have naturally have a very fibrous root system you know, compared to um, any of those taproot species. So in the first couple days of its life, we're eliminating the taproot. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually I don't, by maybe week or day six or seven, you know, as that taproot comes out and it's 
gets to be four inches deep um, in the tray that it's in, mm-hmm. it's eliminated. It hits air and it's eliminated. And right away, that branching starts. Mm-hmm. Because if we allowed that root just to keep going and going into a long, you know, cell, um, rooting cell, it would it would go as long as deep as you wanted it to. But then it would only branch back four inches. Mm. So, and that that was in his studies that he figured out is that four inch rule. Um, but you were essentially eliminating that tap root right away. So so that we have the option to transplant it because that's the tricky part that we're in. If the best trees would be to just go plant an acorn and that's a great way to do it, right. but we don't all, it doesn't all work. So. <laughs> so we have to figure out the best way to be able to transplant them. Yeah, I, I like the way you put that. That's definitely a, 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 a good description of, you know, like you said, trees weren't meant to be. I like that. I think that's Roadmaker's mantra. Uh, nature didn't intend for trees to be moved. We did, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's great. Yep. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And, and, and folks, those things like oaks, hickories, uh, we call those, uh, we learned that in school as climax species, right? They're, they're, they're in it for the long haul, whereas there's other species we call pioneer species. And those are the trees that are like, you better better be adaptable, man. They tend to be fibrous rooted and they, they tend to be able to say, okay, there was a flood or there was something that scarred away the soil from a flood and it exposed my root system. They can form new roots pretty readily. And that's one of the reasons they took off in the trade because they were also easy in production and, uh, they can, they can overcome, uh, traditional containers, whereas those taprooted trees just didn't like it. And then when you transplant them out into the field, the tree would just sit there. So oaks, hickories, oh, other taprooted trees that I'm not going to rattle off anymore because my brain's not working that way. But uh, they tended to get a reputation as being slow growing. So would you say, Heather, because now you guys have been planting trees since literally 08, um, some out at your farm uh, itself, and people can come out and see and, and, and quiz you guys and say, wow, that oak's impressive. How old is it? And you could say, well, five years old. Wait a minute. No way, right? <laughs> Are you seeing like impressive growth rates, not only at, out of your farm, but from clients as well? Oh, definitely. And it's so fun when they send us photos. And because we really encourage planting young trees. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say small trees, but young trees. So, um, you know, that four to five foot range, six to seven foot range. Um, so those are young trees. And, and science does show us, research shows us that trees uh, transplant so much better as a young plant or as a younger tree mm-hmm. versus planting them older, this great big, you know, 10, 12 foot tree. Right. Um, so we really encourage that. And it's so fun when, you know, customers will email and photos and say, look at this. This has only been in the ground for three years and it's over above the roof. You know, it's just, so it's, it's really encouraging. And, and, you know, we have tough soils. We don't have native soils hardly anymore. So the, we're, a lot of these things are being planted in tough spots and they can still go with it. And it's, it is fun. I, I like how you put that. Uh, you know, we have native trees, but we don't have native soils, especially where we're planting them in these urban situations. And I love what Dr. Whitcomb was thinking of. And, you know, I, I mean, think about it, people. We plant trees downtown in we, what we call tree pits or uh, on roadsides where there's very little soil volume. You know, if you if you stick a tree in there that has just a bunch of big roots in it, like a 15-footer, that tree's just going to sit there recovering its root system. Whereas with the root maker system, you've got all these little growing points, as you said, that are going to branch out into that 
clay muckety-muck and, and be able to uh, take in nutrients and water much easier than just a few roots, right? I mean, that's that's the goal is, is like you said, water absorption, nutrient absorption. And, you know, are you seeing like growth? Because I know I've had that experience. You know, you'll see, what, three to four foot of growth on an oak in a year and sometimes more. And that's out in the landscape, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's And that's the hardest part. So bur oak is one of the best trees that you can plant. I mean, for, for a multitude of um, species that depend on that tree. And so bur oak is just one of those awesome host plants for a million reasons. But people are always so quick to, no, I don't have time for a bur oak, or I, I don't want to wait for a bur oak. Mm-hmm. But we'll show them. I mean, we have some three-gallon bur oaks right now. They grew five feet this year in one year. They're two-year-old plants, wow. and they're taller than I am. I mean, they're just phenomenal. And the, the growth rate and the branching and they're, I mean, everybody's like, this is a broke? Right. No way. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're beautiful. I mean, if you just granted they're, you know, on irrigation and all of those good things. So they might not sustain that once they get planted out, but we'll easily see three, four feet a year on a baroque That's um, planted in the landscape. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. On a good year. So they're, um, yeah, don't don't discredit them just yet. They're they're definitely worth planting and could have the same growth rates as any of our more common commonly accepted species or genuses For to sure. plant. So for sure. And like you said, if you go smaller, there's lots of advantages of going with, a, 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 I like what you said, younger tree, but it's generally going to be in a smaller container, folks. And that means a smaller hole that you have to dig because we want you to dig and loosen that soil two or three times the size of the root ball. Well, if you go buy a 15 foot tree that has a root ball two to three feet wide, hmm, you do the math. I have to dig a nine foot wide hole. And at my, I remember raising my hand and saying something, nobody's going to do that. You know, they're not going to go two to three times the size. They're going to dig that hole just wide enough to bit to fit that fat ball in there but if you're planting a little one gallon tree that's maybe three to three feet high shoot i can easily dig that hole three times as wide as that one gallon pot right and loosen that soil oh you're so right bob oh yeah and what's great too about smaller trees or younger trees is it's doable um, you know, you can get volunteers involved. You can get kids involved. You know, we love working with groups like that and get their hands dirty, get them in there. But when you're looking at big stuff, it's almost like, I don't know what to do with that. Right. I, I can't hardly, you know, lift that. And it's small trees. And, and you can stretch your budget and plant more trees yep. for the price of maybe one big tree. So Amen. you can do more good with the budget you're allowed and really get more people involved. And that's the fun part of it, even if in our communities, um, on our acreages or farms. I mean, it's just so fun to, the more people you can get involved and get interested in plants and trees and all the good things that they do. Yeah, that, yeah, you hit it on the head, and you know we're, we're we're running short on time. We got a couple minutes left, but I know another oak that you'd mentioned, dwarf chinkapin oak, and it's just really awesome that uh, that you've uh, you guys have really you know hung your hat on the dwarf chinkapin oak, folks. Every they should be in every yard. So I'm at the dentist's office uh, oh a couple weeks ago, and. And I'm, and I'm leaving, and rather than I kind of take the back streets so I can kind of look at trees to get back onto 56th Street, right? So I'm cruising by just outside of the parking lot of the dentist office, and I look off to the left. Huh, that's a dwarf chinkapin oak in somebody's yard. And we're talking a nice 20-footer, right? And it had acorns on it. So I just had to stop and ring the doorbell <laughs> and say, nice. Hey, ma'am, I'm sorry to bother you, but uh, can you tell me... 
did you know that's a dwarf chinkum and oak? She goes, why, yes, I do. And her husband ends up being a tree spade operator for Hampton. And so he planted it many moons ago, she said. And, oh, I'm curious where he got the tree. And, of course, I was hoping she would say statewide arboretum. Well, no, she said somewhere else. And now I'm curious. I'm going to talk to Mark and say uh, who was carrying that tree back in the day because it's got a nice six-foot diameter trunk on it. So i got to find out. We work with Mark a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you? Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good man. And Mark, if you're listening, yeah, good work, man. And she said she's going to let me know when the acorns are ready. So, because you, you know, you got to go with plant A, B, C, and D with the door chink of an oak acorns because all the critters Very love true. them. But yeah. another one I wanted to mention is just a straight species, chinkapin oak, and I'm and kudos again to Great Plains Nursery. You probably have bitternut hickory, you probably have shagbark hickory, and you probably have shellbark hickory, right? Yep, yep, all three. All three. Man, oh man, people, we were never able to say that. You could drive around Lincoln till you're blue in the face, and there's a handful of hickories. That needs to change. And, um, you know, to me, we often talk about the statewide arboretum trees of the future, and people are wondering what trees are we going to plant in the future? We'll let hickories be at the top of the list. (laughs) And oaks, of course. Let's just yep. say plan A A and plan A1, hickories and oaks. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All right, Heather. Well, I am out of time. I'm going to have to let you go. We could keep chatting, but uh, we're out of time, kid. I'll have to let you go, and you guys keep up the good work, and we'll, right. be, we'll be in Always touch. Always so fun, Bob. And Hannah told me to remind you, check your emails. She's got something for you there. <laughs> All right, will do. Right. <laughs> thank you so much. It's always so great to visit with you. All right, thank you so much, Heather. Keep up the great work. Bye-bye. Yep, see you. Bye. All right, folks, that's Heather Byers, Great Plains Nursery, a wonderful grower nursery out north of Valparaiso, right here in little old Nebraska. 474-5086. I'm going to make one last pitch to you to pick up that phone. Go online, kzum.org. Pick up that phone. I'm short of my goal. I need uh, three of you to call in right now with the $120 pledge. You can do this. Pick up the phone and say, I really love How's It Growing, and I'm glad it's on the air, and I'm going to let them know this is my way of showing I'm glad it's on the air. 474-5086. Support this wonderful radio station we like to call KZUM. And tell a friend about us. All right, folks, I'll see you next week. Same time, same place, right here on KZUM's How's It Growing. Later.